Welcome and thank you for joining us on the 40th episode of the Sandy Pars Podcast, your source for in-depth discussions about the world of golf for the amateur golfer. We're your hosts, Randy Duran and Ryan Munoz. On this episode, we recap volunteering for the Fortinet Championship in Napa Valley, California, and dive into the upcoming Ryder Cup. Stay tuned after the break. Welcome back to the Sandy Pars Podcast. This is our 40th episode. I am your host, Randy Duran, joined by my co-host, Ryan Munoz. Hey, hey, cracking open 40 ounces for the 40th episode. Dude, Let's four, go. I can't believe it's been 40 episodes already, and we're just now getting into essentially our second season. Um, this is exciting stuff. We just uh, completed our first volunteer experience in a PGA event, which was thrilling, and we'll dive into that. Um, I just want to give this brief moment here just to talk about or just to mention, rather, that come a long way since we first started. We don't. We no longer take two hours to get set up for a for a podcast. We can edit and and upload our podcast really, really quickly now, and it it just seems a lot more streamlined. So I'm really thankful for that. Really thankful for our, our chemistry we got here, my man. Dude, um, it's crazy that it's been 40 episodes. Uh, doesn't it, feel. I like mean, it. yeah, it's it's. Uh, Thank y'all that listen for bearing with us, rolling with the punches, if you will. There's um, definitely a few out there that probably the quality isn't that great in terms of audio, but we really appreciate everybody still listening. So big thanks to, to all you who do. Apparently golf still going to be around. So yeah, uh, we, you know, we'll be around. <laughs> as soon as the sun rises in the east and sets in the west, so too will golf happen. Um, you know, it's been a, it's been a great year. Like I just said, we're in the midst of uh, the one of the most epic wraparound years in all of golf history. Um, I mean, we're technically starting the new season, but we have Ryder Cup about to start. Yeah, so we just started the new season. That's right. And uh, with the first uh, event of the season was the the newly um, sponsored Fortunate Championship, formerly the Safeway Open out there in Silverado uh, Resort and Spa, known as the West Coast. Masters, the West Coast, yeah, yeah, the the who's who is all playing there. Um, you know, it, it, it's a good tournament. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of premier players play. I mean, the number one player in the world played. Dude, I think um, I was thinking about this today. I think this tournament's going to continue to grow and be a pretty big tournament. Uh, there was a lot of people out there. There was a lot of big players out there. You had Phil and Rom out there with the Ryder Cup looming. Phil being a captor, a, a coach. Yeah. Rom being a, a player. Right. Um, there seem to be more big names out there than 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 um, in previous years. This this last one. So I'm excited for it. Uh, right. I think as a player, I think the players like it because, uh, like Max Homa said, the winner of it. Congrats, Max Homa. Mm -hmm. His wife loves coming out here, going to Napa. So like right. you know, it's it's kind of a win win for everyone. And if you've listened to the Ryder Cup <laughs> players talk, they've been talking about how important it is, or how much they've enjoyed all all their girlfriends, fiancés, wives, kind of co mingling um, for this event. And how much it, it, it is awesome to have their families out there. So, I, I mean, Napa is uh, the premier place if you're trying to take your dime piece, your fiancé piece, or your wife piece out there. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so, or your side piece. Just, don't, side, just, just, don't let, just don't let the, uh, you know. Don't let the wife know yeah. the side piece is out there. Or don't let the side piece know <laughs> the wife is out as there. We learned, yeah, as we don't learned. Let, don't let the side piece know you're married. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, as we talked about last week, we went over... We went over um, what we were kind of expecting for our first volunteer experience, um, and 
I'll, I'll start off by just saying overall, and I know that we talked about this and you'll echo this, it is so much better than buying a ticket and going out there and following, you know, walking around all day. Um, I would definitely recommend if you're going to go multiple days to a tournament to volunteer a day or two. Yeah. Because if you're going to go for, you know, four days or you're going to go for three days, I would definitely volunteer because you get a volunteer pass to go all week long. Yeah. At least, at least at the Fortinet because they treat you right when you're a volunteer there. Uh, yeah. And I mean, you know, the nature of watching a golf tournament is kind of you've got two. You've got really two options watching golf live. You right. can either follow a group around like we followed Lexi and Brooke and uh, Patty T yep. at the U.S. Open, or you can post up at a hole and kind of watch every group come through. Right. Um, and so, you know, if you're you're working the tournament, that's the route that you're going to take right. <clears throat> for the most part. Um, but once everything's done on your hole, if, unless you're on hole 18, right, you get some free time as well. So, yeah. Um, you can kind of get the best of, of, of both worlds. Depending where you're at, definitely. Yeah. Um, so just recap, what was your job? You, you did. You went all four days. So, so uh, yeah, so Thursday, um, I got there and I was on the ninth. I was on the ninth hole. All week long. All right? week long. So Thursday, I was running greenside ropes. Um, and so I was... Um, Basically, just in charge of uh, on the ninth hole, getting guys over this little bridge to get to ten right. and opening the ropes up, which was cool. You know, I got to watch everyone putt, um, mm-hmm. and 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 it was it was definitely cool. The Thursday Friday rounds is that what you did both days? Are long days? No. So Friday Thursday I was there in the afternoon. Okay, that was kind of a a, a long day. Um, yeah, I remember you saying that they you were waiting for dude. I didn't think in. we were. I thought we were going to run out of sunlight. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you got the full field out there. Yeah. And then and going off in threesomes, too. So the rounds are a little bit there. The, the, it seems longer. Right. So you got to see Rom. You got to see Rom twice. Yeah. Yes. Nice. And then so Friday, I just Friday I had a nothing job. I was manning like a gate that no one went through. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really chill. They let me out early and I got to kind of hang out and watch the tournament from basically like noon till four. And I got out of there before traffic and just knowing that I was going to. um Knowing that I was going to be there all weekend, I didn't. Right. I wasn't trying to stay hell late on Friday night. Right. Um, so, um, and then Saturday and Sunday, I was uh, in the landing zone of nine, which is a par five. Right. So I was, I was just marshal and gallery management, and and then helping the shot tracer guys. Uh, and so, yeah. And so, what does that entail? Like, so from for me, my job was, um, it was if 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 anyone hit out of the ropes mm-hmm. right we had to take the ropes down so they can hit a clear shot um kind of stand by the ball because people are idiots and will pick up someone's ball at a golf tournament which happened to phil which happened to phil um don't go to a ball and pick don't go to a golf tournament and just pick up a golf tournament or pick up a ball on the, on the ground yeah uh, that's that's someone's ball um there's no extra balls just lying around yeah yeah leave uh, them alone. so um that was kind of my main job, and then just holding the hands up and quiet, please, and uh, you know, doing doing that whole deal. But it was that was the, the that was so much fun because I was there in the landing zone. Uh, nine is a par five. That's a really narrow fairway. These guys were bombing off of. We were sat at. We were set up the shot tracer guys. Um, and for those of you that don't know, so I was with the, the shot tracer dudes that. 
Um, if you watch the PGA Tour app and, you know, you're sweating a bet out and you're trying to see what a guy's doing, that's the app that gives you, you know, so-and-so just hit it here, he's in the rough, etc. They have to get all that stuff in within 10 seconds because there's so much gambling on golf and stuff now. So... I even went over there and was like, hey, like, if someone's betting long drive on this hole, can I, like, come over here and, like, you know, get get the number real quick? And they, the shot, the shot link guys have to sign, like, a, an ND, or a NDA or some sort of agreement. Saying they won't gamble. Yeah. Right. Um, or facilitate or anything like that. Yep. That type of shit. Yeah, so. yeah. So, it's, it's, um, it's the, the, the shot link stuff is the real deal. Uh, that would be kind of fun to do. I'd almost rather just do what I did and kind yeah. of just be out there helping those guys out a little bit. Um, but yeah, dude, it, it was, it, it, uh, to me, being in the landing zone and there on Saturday and Sunday was the best part because I can listen to every player and caddy assuming that they were on my side, right. which was there was only one gallery side on mm-hmm. the ninth hole. Um, <clears throat> I can hear their conversations how they were going to approach shots, what they were, you know, what they were thinking of doing, how they wanted to play rollout, all, you know, right. all the ins and outs of this stuff. And then watching these guys actually do it, um, was in- incredible. The amount that, w- how they can flight fairway medals, because, yeah. you know, this was a, Thursday that pin was not a go at going to and on go nine. go yeah on nine it was right. not attacking in two the pin was in a tough spot so the guys were kind of laying up friday saturday sunday it was set up for these guys to go for go go for on the thursday green was two. the flag behind that that middle bunker it was no it was front left okay. so it, it was so what everyone was doing was playing into the front bunker because if you went to the green mm-hmm. you had a treacherous downhill gotcha it downhill roll, putt roll off the front of the green. roll off the front of the green so guys were playing into the bunker or just playing short and then chipping up uh, over the bunker. But when it was all systems go on Saturday and Sunday, and seeing how these guys can shape fairway metals, three woods, five woods, <clears throat> hybrid long irons, how they can egg flight them so low, mm-hmm. um, and then, like I said, shape them around stuff is... Dude, it's incredible. I, I mean, the last... <laughs> I can like shape like my my middle irons a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Flight some irons down. I got one ball flight with. I, I don't even have a three wood, but when I had a three wood, I got one ball flight, right? Right. Uh, You're trying to hit a flush. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, again, I, I was just amazed at how well they could hit, hit, change the shape of them, and then also hit out of just shit. Yeah. And and still advance the ball at some two hundred yards, uh, hundred ninety yards. It, it's it, it's incredible. They're um, they're, they're it, it's I don't know. It, it's it's hard to explain. They're just so goddamn good. You got to see it up close to mm-hmm. really appreciate it. Um, I got there Saturday and I did not know what to expect. My expectations were I was going to be so so busy all day. I wasn't going to have any time to really like be by the players or anything like that. But I showed up. My my uh, my guy, my whole captain Craig, um, hooked it up with. My job was to let the players back onto the fairway on one. So on one, they tee off. They walk around the reeds. Arguably right. the most important job on the course. You had to get these guys in the fairway. Otherwise, dude. where were they going to go? They could walk anywhere. They'd be lost without me. Um, so I had to manage, the, I had to manage the ropes and obviously do gallery management around that area. Um, you know, while the players are walking by or, or while they're about to hit, um, and all that stuff. 
holding your arms out up and, and, and stopping people and shushing people. That's, I mean, that's a power trip in its, in its own right. I've never, I feel like Montekia <laughs> raising my hand, raising my hands get, to get everybody quiet. Um, but that was, that was awesome. I got to see every, well, I didn't get to see everybody in the tournament. So it was Saturday. You got to see the weekend, weekend crew. The weekend crew. But I got to see, you know, Homa, Phil up close, Kucher up close, everybody yep. up close. Uh, Nick Watney, shout out Bulldog. Yep. Um, and it was just cool. I, I was telling, I was telling all the players to have a day, have themselves a day, have ourselves a day. Um, the really cool players would, you know, shout back, you know, give, you know, thank you, or they would just thank me for managing the ropes, which yeah. was really, which was really, dude, which was crazy to see them like coming up and, and like thanking me. I was like, dude, I'm here for, I'm here to watch you. Like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not here because I, I like to pick up ropes and shit. I'm here to watch some golf. No, they're they're very cool, um, for the most part. Now on hole nine, you can catch some players that are a little bit heated versus right. hole one. Hole the round one is is you know ahead of it, them. Um, there's, uh, you know, I can think of the, the most, probably the most heated person I saw was on Saturday, uh, Siwoo Kim. I, I think he, I think he bogeyed and missed like a three foot par on eight and he sprayed his drive off into the right where we were at. <clears throat> and then he was barely inbounds avoiding the lateral hazard right his caddy is trying to like tell him kind of what he thinks the shot is see we just walked up with the driver in hand pissed kind of like didn't even listen to his caddy asked we we asked him if he needed us to move any ropes anything he's like no i'm good he stepped up in a matter of 30 seconds stepped up lined up to the ball ripped driver off the deck out of a basically out of a lateral hazard and put this shit just off to the green side yeah um uh, and he was heated, like, and, and just stormed right off after that. So it is. It, it's. Uh, I saw a club throw on nine. It's, oh. You can definitely, Ooh. you can definitely see some fun stuff. Um, it's, it's an experience, man. It, it, I didn't see any temper flare on one, and that's one of the benefits of playing or of uh, uh, working on hole number one. Because, like I said, like you just said. Uh, the whole round's ahead of them. They're not gonna get. They're not gonna blow a gasket on on number one. Uh, that and that's also that's also one thing that I have to note. Uh, watching the entire field come through twice was the way that these guys just play the shot. They come up even keeled. Uh, they might have had a bad shot before, and I saw several bad shots, especially on Sunday. I saw Kucher um, hit into the tree like two hundred. He's like 200 yards from the tee, hit to the hit into the tree, had to hit out of the rough, had about a 171 yard shot into the green. Green's tucked behind that bunker over there, and I, I'm not even kidding. Me, and my guy Dave, uh, you had a guy Dave too, but the guy I was working with, Dave, we watched probably 10 guys out of the entire field not hit it on the green. Um, five guys hit into that bunker, and number one seems like it was a really easy hole for the most part for these guys. Mm -hmm. Um. So Saturday, my job was to do the, the the ropes, and then Sunday, all I did was manage the right fairway gallery. And you can only go to the right fairway gallery if you have, essentially the only people that were there were people who had uh, hospitality suites on 18, because that's the only way to get there, unless you walk all the way around to the wine and beer pavilion and then walk back. Yeah, yep. Otherwise, all, you know, you have to have that access to get into where we were. So I moved a couple of stakes. 
Um, mainly, I was working with Dave, who's a uh, shot link guy who was putting the flags down if they mm -hmm. landed in the rough. And then I was also watching the guys on the tee for the paddles to see if the ball is coming off to the right to tell patrons, hey, watch out. Yep. You might die. So I was saving people's lives out there and all that type of stuff. Um, the, the paddle guys, uh, we gave them some flack. They got a tough job. It, it, it is tough to, to decide where the ball is going. Uh, and they're not directly behind the players like they used to be. No, they're, off to, they're, off they're a little side. bit off to the side. Um, they just need to get better. Like I feel like the people who do that job need to be a little bit better at knowing what a ball is going to do based on the ball. Flight. Yeah, I think you should probably be a pretty skilled golfer. And I, I think, think so that too. helps because you know how a guy's going to play the hole given given the, the shape of the hole and, and their swing too. Right? I, can't, um, I, I can't even tell you how many times we got the like down the middle signal, which is the paddle's going down um were you know to the right almost hitting people it happened several times we were i told my guy craig uh dave told my guy craig and we relayed the message up there and it, it just did not improve either day dude our spotter on the other side of nine mm -hmm. he was there was times where i thought he was going to get drilled because <laughs> he was behind that tree and he you couldn't see, see anything right. so he was reliant on we're us to tell one. him to tell him like, hey, this is coming your way. Right. But he still can't see anything. There was times where he was just standing there aimlessly, the courage on this gentleman, <laughs> and the ball just bounced in, right? And I was like, oh, my God. I thought he was going to get hit a number of times. I never thought I was close to getting hit. Um, a ball almost bounced and hit me, but mm -hmm. that, that was about it. But, yeah, uh, the ins and outs, you get to learn a little bit more of just what goes into a tournament. Um, so that's kind of like the perks, right? Some of, the, some of the perks that you get, I mean, we got passes for the entire week. Passes, lunches. Uh, drink coupons. Drink coupons. Gear. Free clothes. gear. It's, it's, if, you're, if you like golf, and like you said, you want to go to the tournament for a, a, a while, I w and a tournament's coming towards your, your area, go volunteer. It's, it's the way to do it. Do uh, it for one day because they might give you passes for the whole week. You don't know. And if you do, I would say get on the front nine holes too right. because then you can watch the rest of the tournament after groups have finished. Tell them you have something going on in the evenings that you can't you can't yeah. do you can't do the last. I, nine holes. Like I told those those the, the the patrons when I was out there when they were asking me, if they needed me to marshal more on uh, after nine. I said no. The only, I'm marshaling these beers down my my throat, and that's about <laughs> it after this. I was there for that. That was great. Um, yeah, I gotta say, in terms of like the overall perks, that was one you kind you kind of touched on it earlier with the. Uh, you know, being able to hear these guys plan out a shot with their caddies and stuff. Sometimes it was all these things that they're bringing into into play. And it's like this long, drawn-out thought process. And they're working with their caddies. They're really trying to get a number. The second thing uh, that I noticed is some of them are just like, I know what to hit here. You know, it's like a two-second yeah, conversation. Yeah, you can see the dynamic between players and their caddies and... Um... You can almost sense kind of how the round's going and stuff, too, for these guys. Um, overall, I thought the players were great to the fans, to the the volunteers, to um, to everyone. And, and, and the caddies are the same. The caddies were who I talked to predominantly, just asking right. if they needed me to move stuff. But some players were like, hey, yeah, no, I'm all good, dude. And They're, then, like, thanking us for moving mm -hmm. ropes and doing our fucking jobs. And it's like, like I said earlier, we're just, we're just here to, we're here to see you. We're not here, we're not here because uh, we want to work or anything like that. We're here because we like to watch golf and we just so happen to 
be cheap bastards and want want some free but, some free shit. Yeah. Overall, I thought the players, and maybe it's because it's a smaller tournament. We had all the Corn Ferry rookies playing their first PGA tournament and right. stuff. So you got twenty five guys that are just very happy to be there. Right. Um, but so maybe they're a little bit more humble than you know if you're at the U.S. Open and you got a lot more big names. But I, I was I was very surprised at how cool all the guys were with each other and 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 with the fans. Um, highlights. What were some highlights from your time working there or watching? I mean, it's just it, it's just like I said, watching these guys up close. Yeah, listening to them talk about how they're going to play a shot, and then seeing them actually do it, and then like I said, the way they can shape those fairway metals and flight it is um it's incredible yeah. you know i i like lpga I've, I've said this a number of time i think it's more applicable to the amateurs game right um but seeing the pro the the pga game uh up close and personal it's i mean dude it's incredible the the, 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 the different types of game are, are the one is the one thing that really impressed me the most or at least one is one takeaway i have because you had the younger guys you know uh being a certain distance like where we were were at on 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 sunday being in the landing zone on one it was really cool to see like a guy like matt kuchar hitting to the tree 200 yards off off the tee walking up and he's like an aw shucks gosh darn it type of guy he's not he's not going to give you sound bites um he was thanking everybody he thanked me twice um just super Chill, and I know that Kucher gets a lot of shit because that one thing he did about not uh, El Tucan, and I, I just feel like that's not. I feel, I feel like he really does get a bad rap for that. I feel like that's just a yeah, like it just came out, and uh, yeah, I don't. I I think we've all moved past that. I right? think so too. Um, I'm done giving him shit for that. I'm not gonna make fun of him anymore because after seeing how he conducts himself on the course after that. Um, that's something that I'll, I'll just never forget. I know that's not the type of guy he is after watching him for two straight days. Um, another highlight I would have to say for myself was I was watching Peter Minolti, and he, he stands out because he's a fellow bucket hat guy. Yep. I got my bucket hat quickly on, on, on Saturday just because the sun, my fear for the sun of getting sunburned all day. Um, but Peter, Peter Minolti, my favorite moment was on 9 when I went to catch up with you because my shift would end at... 2, 2.30, I'd walk over and hang out with you for a couple hours until your shift was done, and then we'd watch all the rest of the guys finish. Mm-hmm. So we're on nine. Minolti hits his drive into the fairway. He has a three-wood uh, into the green, and he hits his fucking three-wood, and the, his, his exact words were, fucking flushed, <laughs> and just follows his shot. Oh, you know? yeah. And that was, my kind of, that was kind of my first taste, because uh, that happened on Saturday. I was... I was near the tee box on one, so I only got to see their tee shots. I didn't get to hear the reactions. I didn't get to see their second shots for the most part um, or hear their thought process or anything like that on their second shots until until Sunday. Um, that was fucking sweet. Um, I saw Maverick McNeely on, on Sunday. He hit into the rough, and he hit just this fantastic, fantastic wedge shot onto the green um i'm pretty sure he made birdie or just or he made a par but he was one of the closer ones on on number one there um and then that same day seeing him hit the longest drive on of the day on nine 300 and what 73 yards on the last group yeah that that was insane uh seeing how far that ball went because on nine like you said they're hitting up also we forgot to mention they're hitting up like 100 feet it's 100 like i don't know if it's 100 but it's like 
It's a lot different than the birdie we posted in a scramble at That's all right. nine. No, Fuck. dude, uh. <laughs> they were, they they're teeing off from way, way, way the fucking back and up there on the hill. So it it was fantastic being able to watch him do that. What was uh what was the most impressive shot you you saw out there in person? Most impressive shot, it would have to be. Hmm. Let me think. Let me think. I'm gonna have to say. There was a shot by, oh man, give me a second here. I, I know the name. It's, uh, all right, give me a second here. His name is, where's he at? Pardon here for the delay, but I feel like I have to get Aaron Batterly. Bad, okay. Batterly. The Aussie. That's who I saw throw a club. Oh, that's that he just saw throw a club? Okay. So I saw him. He was uh he was under the tree in uh on one and he had he had to flight it down but get it he had to get it uh, about a hundred and forty yards under the tree, over the bunker, and to get it to stop on the green. And he hit this beautiful shot that that what my tee shots used to do where they would start off low and then balloon up. Well, he did it on purpose, and this thing landed perfectly soft on the green. Everybody's clapping and stuff oh on, on the around the green. Insane. Probably one of the best shots I saw. What about you? Um, so on Aaron Baddeley, right? Yeah, I yeah. saw him throw a club. This is for all our amateurs out there. Uh, he threw his club after his second shot. He was in decent position. He hit the tree. He was actually in good spirits. He was joking with the, the rules official guy because mm-hmm. uh, he was – Burger dogs on the grill, right? Longitudinally, then then losing space. You're, you're the, losing me with the long words. With this, with the circular, yeah. right? With the yeah. circular burger. So uh, that is conserving space into that tight area. Um, I guess. Yeah. You know, the burger dog was good. Again, I'm a hot dog guy. Give me a hot dog and a hamburger. I'm fine. Um, I thought the burger dogs were delicious. I think I like the texture of a burger dog because it's not it's not as poppy. As okay. A, as yeah, a, yeah. As a dog. It's a little bit thinner. Yeah, yeah. And it has, you know, the pickles on it. Um, oh, the condiments on the burger dog are to die for. Yes. That that red relish that they whatever put on the hell there, that was. Fuck, that was really good. I was I was loving that. So I had I so I had three and a half burger dogs in two days. It was fantastic. Also had some fried chicken there. Um, the fried chicken is from a, a place called Ad Hoc. I guess that's a local um, spot out there in Napa. Absolutely fantastic. I only had, I had, they gave you a three piece. I only had two pieces of a three piece because it was more than enough. I didn't even delicious. know they have fried chicken out there, I so you mentioned either. that. My boy Dave. But I was getting tri tip sandwiches. The concessions were A1. And then, yeah, they had, again, love the cocktail stands. I have to say, one of my. You're fr- out there watching golf, drinking all day. Sometimes you need a cocktail. Sometimes you need a cocktail. Uh, yeah. cocktail. You gotta slow it down. You're full, but you're still trying to keep it, you know, have a drink or two. Um, I have to say one of my favorite things, though, was just wearing the uniform out there was, you know, patrons talking to you. Um, That's the best part. Patrons asking you for information. Who's up? You know, this, that. What's uh, the longest drive you've seen here? Stuff like that. No. That was really um, that was really fun because you felt like you were kind of in the fabric of, of of the tournament. Like you kind of felt like you were a, like really like you were a part of it. You know what I mean, dude? That I mean, yeah, that was the best part. Just jiving with people. It was fun as hell. Friday, I was rocking the Sandy Pars gear. Um, in the afternoon, people asking me. People love the logo, love the name. Yeah. Um. So, 
cool just chatting people up um yeah dude it it, it, it was a great time i met uh, this gentleman on on hole one on saturday he had rented out one of the um one of the condos i guess along the number one fairway and his condo happened to be on the 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 closest side on the second floor facing excuse me facing the uh the tee box and I got to hear him call all four of his kids and have the same exact conversation with him. He was just like, hey, remember I told you I was trying to come out here to uh, uh, to this tournament last year and like COVID canceled it. Look where I'm at. And you show him like, you know, show him a video. There's FaceTiming with him, showing him that they're on the number one tee, you know, all the players that are walking by. Um, and I started, you know, just having conversations with him and, uh, you know, really got a rapport with this guy. He had the same conversation with his kids talking about how it was like Disneyland for him waking up watching a golf tournament when uh, when he was done having his first couple beers he would go down and watch the golf tournament in person and then you know go to the concerts on Friday Saturday night um, and he was just talking about how he planned this all out with his family and shit and I, I just thought it was such a great experience for him he was rocking this great uh, it was like in the font it was this t-shirt that was in the Godfather font mm-hmm. and it said the golf father. Nice. Very nice. And I gave him a couple of compliments on that. Lo and behold, on Sunday, I run into the guy on, on the number one fairway and we were just chatting it up the entire time. I'll never forget this older gentleman. He's probably, you know, in his fifties. Got, like I said, he's got four kids. Um, was the nicest, one of the nicest guys I've probably ever met from Hanford. Got to talk about the dogs. Oh, with him a little yeah. Bit. Uh, just an overall great, great experience. Um, also the other volunteers, the characters that you meet when you volunteer for a golf tournament, if this is any if this is any indication of what it's like for other tournaments, you're kind of a different breed if you volunteer to go work one of these things. Because everybody that I came into contact with was in a great mood. They're happy to be out there. They know that they're gaming the system because they're essentially not getting paid, but not having to pay to have such a, an incredibly close and inside the rope access. Yeah, inside <laughs> of, I was going in and out of the ropes like no big deal the entire time. It was fantastic. You um, even got up and put, hoisted your hands up on yeah, hole nine towards nine, the end. I got the jersey on. I might as well get inside the ropes. Fuck it. You know, it was incredible. Um, so, I mean, in terms of like expectations. Dude, it, it, it was great. The fellow volunteers, see on here, shout outs. I got to give shout outs to my shot tracer guys because we had, you saw our little uh, gang of bad news bears out there. Your crew was awesome, dude. Dave from Colorado uh, and, and Brian from, from Europe or Brian from London. Those, those were my guys. We, I mean, I was laughing. These guys had me rolling. The jokes when I would uh, go over there, they were just nonstop. You guys were laughing the entire time. Dave, I mean, it couldn't be more clear that if you're volunteering, you're not supposed to use tobacco and <laughs> and alcohol. Dave had no concerns. Uh, he he he's a career volunteer. Uh, retired, <laughs> comes out volunteers Fortnite, comes out volunteers the AT and T. This guy probably ripped. 25 cigs uh, throughout the day. <laughs> I, I got to say, walking over there, watching him light up a cigarette, I thought he was, I, I was like, what's this guy about to go do over here? And he's just firing up a cig. Dude, me and that guy, we were best friends by the end of the day uh, on Saturday. And then on Sunday, uh, my, my whole captain asked me where I wanted to go. I was like, we can't break up the band. No. We had a hell of a Saturday, right? So uh, those guys were glad to see me helping them out. They were the best. Um 
Um, so what I'm hearing is then your overall experience was a positive one. Would you do it again? I would do it in a heartbeat. I mean, I, I plan to volunteer at the Fortnite for the, the, the foreseeable future. Um, what you guys are listening to now is a couple one, two, uh, Fortnite volunteers for the foreseeable future because they, they were so short of volunteers that we know that we could get any job pretty much yeah. that we want there. And speaking of that, if you could pick one other job than what you did, what would it be? I would like to be, uh, I wouldn't mind being a scorecard holder, holding the sign behind one specific group. Ah, damn it. You took mine. Um, the standard bearer? Yeah. Because yes. A, those guys all get golf balls signed from the group that they finish with. Because uh, when I was working the green on mm -hmm. nine on Thursday, half the groups were finishing on nine, right? right? Because people were teeing off on 10 and on one. And so I could see when the groups were finishing, you know, they would the players were really cool. It, it, almost every player made it a point, right, to yeah. sign a sign a ball. Uh, Bo Hostler even gave the guy a ball, and the dude was like, "Hey, can you can you sign it for me?" He's like, "Well, I mean, it's, it's already it says Bo Hostler on the right yeah. on the ball." He's like, "But I'll sign it for you," yeah. you know. So um, that would probably be the the one job, just because you follow a group for a day, right? Um, you, it, ups you, and downs. you know when when you're starting, when you're finishing. Right. Um, here's what I wouldn't do. I wouldn't volunteer for hole 18. Unless yes. you want to get there and watch in the morning. But I'd rather be like you, be on hole, hole one. one. Nine's cool because you can, you still got time to enjoy yourself afterwards. Right. Um, but you want to get done early so you can, you know, go. Enjoy the. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but th that that job seems really fun. Yeah, I would totally agree. That the the standard bearer or whatever I believe that's what it's called. That would be the one thing I'd want to do. And like circling back to earlier, there's kind of two ways to watch a tournament in mm -hmm. person. Post up on one hole, fairway, green, wherever, right, and just kind of watch people as they come through or right. follow a group. Totally. Um and so yeah, uh from you you're on hole 1, uh so it was a little different. What was the biggest gallery? Oh, the biggest galleries, uh, there were, so on Saturday, definitely the biggest one was Homa and Phil. Yeah. That was the biggest one. Um, and then. Phil was the biggest, the biggest gallery. Without a doubt. The whole time. Without a doubt. I, uh, I got, I got a little bit of a, a little thumbs up from Phil when I told him to go have himself a day. Um, got the same little thumbs up from Kuchar. Actually, Kuchar just said, thank you. Um, the caddies were more responsive when I would tell them to have themselves a day. Um. But yeah, I would, I mean, I, I think that the, the standard bearer would be the one thing that I would, would be the, the job that I would pick over that. I'm trying to think of the other ones. You don't want to get assigned a golf cart. The last thing you want to get assigned. No, you don't want to be driving goods no. around, any of that shit. You don't no, want to do no, any no, of that shit. You don't shit. want to be working up front. You gallery want to be, management is probably the Gallery best management or shot tracer. Yeah. And so the shot tracer, just so you guys know. That's a lot more involved. You have to do online trainings. You have to come in for a hands-on training. But once you get that training, you You're can good. do it. You can rip cigs all day. Yeah, it, uh, it seemed pretty. It seemed pretty easy once you got the training because those guys were doing their job in ten seconds. Yeah, Hideki also had a big, big gallery. Hideki had a big, a big gallery. Uh, and then the second day, Zalatoris and uh, no, Zalatoris and uh, Varner played on Saturday together. Um, and then Zalator, or and then Kucher and Varner played on on Sunday. Sunday. So, um, what day is this? Hold on, I, I got okay. So Saturday, sorry, let me take that back. 
Saturday it was Kucher and Harold Varner, and then on Sunday it was Kucher. I'm sorry, it was Zalatoris and Varner. So that was a big group. Those are the those are the biggest galleries that I saw. I actually had to manage a gallery on on Sunday, being in the right fairway when Phil came up and when the when then Zalatoris came. I got I got to see a really close shot, or a really close, uh, um, yeah, shot by Zalatoris on on hole one as well. Um, so Thursday and Friday there were um. There was a couple more before the cut, a couple like local qualifiers mm-hmm. qualified on Monday mm-hmm. and had a good, good, good showing. A kid from Danville, a um, couple kind of more just young upstart kids um, that had good followings too. But yeah, by far the biggest galleries I can recall was obviously the last group on Sunday, last couple groups, but Phil, Hideke, um, and then yeah, Max Homa's group had, had some good followings. So yeah, dude. Uh, I, you know, I think as this tournament grows, which I, again, I think it's going to, Mm -hmm. I think we'll see bigger, bigger and bigger galleries out there. Definitely. All right. We should definitely get into the upcoming, uh, Ryder cup. Obviously that's the biggest other news other than the Fortnite championship, which is probably, I mean, it's arguably the biggest tournament of the year, uh, arguably. Congrats to Max Homa. Yeah. Congrats to Max Homa played fantastic. He had Two of the longest drives that I saw all day, I saw him on one and nine. And the only reason that uh, that stands out in my mind is because he was playing with Scott Stallings. Um, Scott Stallings, dude, you're a, you are a beast. Seeing the drives that he could hit. Um, Guy's jacked. He's jacked, dude. He hit the longest drive on one after Homa hit the longest drive on one. Um, and then seeing the same thing essentially happen on on nine where homas stayed in the fairway and got the bounce versus stallings who hit off to the left and the into the trees and such um but i, I mean that that's, that's just something that stood out that guy hits the ball an absolute mile um but we 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 got to get into some rider cup here everyone everyone's been looking forward to this now for over a year since covid hit and the Ryder Cup 2020 did not happen. It's happening in 2021. Um, I've been watching a little bit of the practice rounds. I've been watching uh, a little bit of the coverage going into this because obviously, you know, it, it's a it's a very big event. The crowds at the practice rounds, if that's any indication what it's going to be like on it's, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's going to be mayhem. It's going to be rowdy, dude. They're already got the USA chance. They got so I heard my I I heard the first uh uh alternate USA chant that wasn't USA, USA. I heard the the multi so one group would be like you. Oh nice, the round, S- the rounds. Hey, like it would go from section to section and like these guys are, these guys are just playing a practice round. People are going to give it to uh, our fellow podcaster Riggsy from Barstool, as he's Team Europe in his boycott against the U.S. team since kids didn't make it. I'm he's... so glad you brought that up because <laughs> we're not one to take on the kings of of, of golf podcasts, and, and obviously, foreplay, uh, no laying up. Those are the kings of it all. You know, they they those are the the men amongst boys. But for I have to say, for Riggs to get butt hurt about one of his friends not making the team and to say that he's gonna be cheering for Team Europe, that's some Benedict Arnold shit. Like it how is, fucking I dare love you. the Riggsy turncoat stuff. Oh, I mean, dude. Frankie know, called him out for it. They even, so they asked Scheffler. Scheffler, Scheffler, Scheffler said it's embarrassing. Yeah. Which is hilarious. 
Really, it's a smart idea on their part because it, it brings more like Golf Digest just posted on Instagram about it, right? Um, but the thing is, and that, that you could tell that's a that that was not an honest intention of that happening uh, because you could see the look on Riggs's face. Yeah, and I'm not trying to talk about other podcasters. Obviously, those guys are shit all over us. But well, dude, Kiz is his boy, so I mean, you, you know, I would feel somewhat of the same. But I mean, it's not. I'm sure Kiz is still rooting for the fucking American team. I know for a fact he is. Yeah. Uh, and we talked about this. We thought that you know maybe over Daniel Berger he would make it. Um, let's see. Let's look at let's look at the team here. Who who would he have made it over? I guess maybe a Harris English, but Harris English earned it. Um, Harris Higgins played a lot of real good golf this yeah. season. I mean, who are you going to put him over? This is the team. Berger, Cantley, DeChambeau, English, Finau, Johnson, Murakawa, Kepka, Scheffler, uh, Shoffley, Spieth, and Thomas. Who's he going to be? I mean, Berger, Berger and maybe Finau are the only ones that you could have an, a legitimate argument against. Yeah. But if you look at the world rankings, Finau is way the fuck up there. Sorry. Yeah, but again, we you know we, we touched on it. Kids fucking rolls the rock and he plays he's, good he's, match he's a match play killer putting is a huge portion of match play um yeah dude you know we were on here last week and we kind of ripped the u.s team um and i'm still not very confident in how they're going to perform but i have a little more confidence from seeing all this stuff uh i'll tell you what i saw yesterday and watching this coverage while i was at it was just on when I was at Menlo training, mm -hmm. and uh, I saw Ian Poulter jiving with the the crew on the putting green, and this motherfucker, I'm not, I kid you not, he was pointing his putter like a sniper rifle and shooting it, and I was like, oh no, this, like, dude, this guy lives for Ryder Cup, like, yeah. he... <laughs> All I could think was, God damn, that's like so intimidating. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and you that, know. I would say that that's the benefit of the Euro team is, uh, is I mean, I, I feel like they, they, they pick their, their killers more well, than the U.S. team who has to do based on where you finish and, first. And, and now I think it's kind of flipped because uh, I don't, you know, the Americans are the favorites. Always. But we're really we're kind of not the favorites, right? The media is getting on the U.S. team for p performing poorly in Ryder Cups, mm -hmm. uh, and and so I think these guys kind of you know are in a little bit of a good spot where they got nothing to lose. I like what like Cantlay said a couple. Yeah. So I feel a little better. Um, still very concerned. Yeah, because I, I mean we we kind of talked about what uh, Kapka said last week. And how he got a lot of shit for that on how he's kind of complaining how it's not like a normal week. It goes against how he's preparing and all that type of shit. Um, but I saw I saw the interviews earlier this week and, and Scheffler, Scotty Scheffler was out there getting interviewed talking and they asked him specifically about that. And he's like, I don't prepare any differently. Like it doesn't, I'm preparing my game. Uh, when it comes to team golf, it doesn't really matter how you prepare. You can't prepare for a situation. Just yeah. prepare your game. Prepare your game to hit out of shit, okay? Prepare your game to uh, to hit a shot that you weren't expecting off the tee and to be more adaptable, and I guess to be more consistent when you're out of the rough or in, or in a tough spot because otherwise, nothing really changes. If your partner hits the ball right down the middle of the fairway, that's what you were planning on anyway for, to, to, to begin with. I guess... 
one thing, just thinking about that, is if a certain player approaches certain holes differently as far as their approach shots, that would come into play. Because if a guy has, like I say that, you know, a guy goes up out there and he has a, night, uh, a right to left ball flight, or a guy has a left to right with a, with a fade, where they hit their second shot, it could change based upon how their partner hits that tee shot. Yeah. That's the only thing I'm really thinking about where that would really matter. Like, like when you're in a team playing golf, it's like, okay, well, do good. You know, like hit a good shot here. Like, what the fuck does that Yeah, mean? yeah, yeah. And That's, foursomes is where it really, or four ball, right? Is it four ball or foursomes where they alternate shots? I believe they call it foursome. Foursome. Yeah, that's where, you know, you're very dependent and where kind of your strategy, when it's just best hole or best score on the hole, right? That's a little bit, you know, you're essentially just playing your own game. What does it matter? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, I guess, you know, you could, if your partner is sitting there with a 12-footer for a birdie, then, and he went first, then you can absolutely try to go to get, you know, the pin seeker right next to the hole for the tap-in birdie. But, like, other than that, I don't think much changes. And I, I'm obviously not playing on the Ryder Cup team, nor do I know anyone who has. But if I'm just thinking about that, I don't see any any fucking difference. And maybe that's what Team Europe does. It's just like, dude, just go out there and play your best instead of overthinking it like the U.S. team does. I mean, they're coming out with a, a documentary on the 2008 team. It was called, like, Cracking the Code when Peter Jacobson was the the captain and he's talking about putting players in pods and shit like that like i don't know i don't know if you really need that does the yeah. european team do that i think they all just gather at the pub afterwards and have a, f a few pints and then get ready for the next day that's what i look at that's how i feel that that team does i don't feel like they're out there stressing and overthinking things i think all the pressure is just always on the united states and that's why they tear it up i mean do you see? Do you hear anything about them doing anything else? Like anything special on on the other team? It doesn't. It sure doesn't seem that. Way. No, it just seems like the Euro players really relish in beating us in Ryder Cup more so than our guys relish in beating Europe. Uh, yeah, and um, I think uh, all like I said, I think all the talk of this has kind of gotten our team a little bit pissed off. I think so too. I think there are more. Uh, there's a more of a sense of sense of urgency. Which is good. Say, which, which is, is good. Which is definitely good. One thing I wanted to ask you about is the, and I feel like obviously this is a subject that is manufactured to a certain degree, but the whole Bryson Brooks drama they got going on. And I was watching the interviews and then I saw, um, I saw Bryson's interview and he said that they have something fun planned between the two of them coming up. Um, and they've been seen talking on the, Practice yeah. range. They went to they went to dinner on Monday night together. I'm wondering if these motherfuckers are gonna come out on the same team. Do you think there's? I mean that that that. No, I wouldn't put them on the same team in a foursomes. I mean they they kind of play the same game to an extent, right? I think Brooks is way better around the greens than Bryson. Without a doubt, but uh, Bryson's a way better putter. Oh yeah, on consistently, yes he is. Bryson's a better putter. But I mean they're both kind of bomb, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't know. Yeah, bomb and gouge. I think I think the whole thing Smash is a little gash. bit manufactured. And kudos to them because it it brought a lot of attention to golf. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I would love to see the guys squash it and just do their thing, right? And and kick ass. Because uh, I mean, imagine them as a duo. That'd be incredible. I just don't think it would happen because the personalities and their and their and then literally everything else 
Um, now, did the this way they happen? Play the we had a kind of similar situation with this years ago. Uh, I can't remember who was the uh, Ryder Cup captain. It's like a super old timer, Hal Sutton, something like that. Mm-hmm. But when Tiger and Phil were in the heat of like their oh, rivalry, yeah. right? Uh, and I believe he put them together on yep. a team. So, yeah, you know, uh, I can easily see these guys doing becoming. You know, kind of, I could easily see this kind of morphing into a Tiger Phil type rivalry, which at the end of the day is very good for golf. I think it'd be awesome if they did that. If they put them on the same team and kind of just got it out of the way, just put that, just do it on, on day one, get it out of the way, because it's, then it's not going to be looming the rest of the week. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not so, a story so on what, Saturday. What happens night. if they both like win all their matches or something like that? Or. Or they're in a situation where they need that that the best situation would be for them to be on a team later on, right? Because they have, they have is is the team play only the first day? I don't know what the format is. Uh, no, team plays the first two days. Last 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 day is last day is individuals. We gotta we have to look that up right now. It's team Ryder play. Cup it's, format. It's, it's like uh, it's like Solheim Cup. It's team it's teams the first two days and then Sunday's all individual. Okay, matchups. so that's what I'm getting at. So then. They're looking at a situation where they don't want to be put uh, their hand forced to have them put on a team on on Saturday, Saturday where they yeah. absolutely like need it. Like if every, what if a bunch of people are playing like shit? So it goes oh okay, okay here it goes four ball Friday four ball and four ball each member of a two man team plays his own ball. So four balls are in play on every hole. Each team counts the lowest of its two scores on each hole. And the team whose player has the lowest score wins the hole. That's like best ball, right? If yeah. the lowest low scores are tied, the hole is halved. Foursomes. In foursomes, each two-man team plays one ball per hole with the players taking alternate uh, taking turns until each hole is complete. Players alternating uh, hitting tee shots uh, with one leading off and an odd number of holes. Uh, off on odd number of holes. And the other hitting first on even number of holes. That one's scramble. Everyone knows that. And then the, on Sunday is the singles. And that one's easy because you just put your best players out there on, on Sunday. Whoever's playing the best. Whoever's earned it at that point. But yeah, so the first two days are, are crucial. You don't, want them, you don't want to have them hitting alternate shot on, on forcing them to, to no. do alternate shot on, on Well, and the Friday, first two days are crucial, as we saw. You don't want to be trying to come behind in the, all right. the singles matches like in Solheim Cup. Because all it takes is uh, two, two killers, right? right? I mean, who killed us on the singles matches was Leonel Maguire and, and uh, Matilda Castron. But, the, yep. you know, you, you, you don't want to be in that situation where you need points and you're giving up automatic points, right? Four down, et cetera. So... so. I mean, that that's, that makes me feel even better about my point. I think they sh- if they're going to do something between those two, they need, they need to have them do the four ball on, on Friday. So get, I get see, but Kepka and Bryson didn't actually practice together, right? Right. Kepka Kepka was practicing with Brooks, Tony, Berger, and English. And really, if you kind of look at that, like assuming that the practice groups are probably going to play with each other. Mm-hmm. Those were some pretty cool, good teams. Yeah, I would separate the two bombers and let Brooks and Brooks and Berger, Harris English and Tony Ferguson, or uh, Harris English and Tony Finau, Tony Ferguson, 
Uh, <laughs> Tony Ferguson. R.I.P. R.I.P. Burt Re- or not Burt Reynolds. R.I.P. Uh, Norm Macdonald. <laughs> you need to okay. So pull up the uh, the Ryder Cup American team and the European team. If you had to pick your ultimate team to get the most points. Okay, so if yeah. I'm if I'm pairing teams for what's our what's the first round so foursomes? First, uh, let me see. Four ball. We were just there. Four ball. So it's basically best ball. Okay. With, with so on the Euro team, if I if I just start with Euro, the yep. enemies. Yep. Um, do, just do that for both Friday and Saturday. One sec, one sec. This the site that I have is. Uh, I would definitely okay. So I got it up here. Go for so it. So my number, my number one overall point getter in this tournament, and it, it's such a, a a cop out, but. I think I'm going to say, uh, man, I think I'm going to go Xander Shoffley. I think I'm going to go him with the most points in terms of a single player. In terms of, if I had to put together the killer team for the U.S., uh, I have no, one of these two has, has to be on the team. I have no choice but to put either Spieth or Thomas as one of those two. I put Speed and JT together because they're boys. They like playing with each other. For sure. So I, I'm just going to go with a little bit more experience. And I, I, I Here's think the, th- this would be a great moment for Speed to kind of like take the reins back and assert himself into 2022 after having such a great last season. I'm going to go with Jordan Speed. Um, I'm going to go with a guy like Cantley. As, yeah, yeah. Because so Speed and JT, if they were together, worry me that. Uh, JT has been struggling off the tee all season, mm-hmm. and, and, and Spieth is not the best off the tee, right? Right. So, like, Spieth and Cantlay is a great combo because Cantlay is absolutely nails off the tee amongst his other portions of his game, for sure. But um, I would like to get someone like this a little more consistent with with Spieth. Um, yep, Cantlay is a good a good driver of the ball off the tee, and if you're looking at these other guys, dude, I like uh, Xander. I think he's going to tear it up. Um, I think Colin Morikawa is going to have himself a good good weekend. I wouldn't doubt it. Like it was between Shoffley and, and Morikawa because how he plays is very frustrating in match play, right? Because it was essentially match play on Saturday and Sunday in the the Open Championship, mm-hmm. and Louis was playing good golf. But when you when you're watching a guy plant iron shots to that proximity and just continue to do it over over and over over again again. it's it's the same as someone making putt hole and putts out like fucking Poulter is gonna do right right? uh it's the same thing it's it's he doesn't need to roll some crazy 19 foot putt in for for par or whatever to have the hole right he's just got to tap in because he so that's my guy on the american squad and then so Mark Hall is your number one point getter, you're saying? I'm saying he's my number one point getter on the American squad. Okay. Um, the guy that I think if if he shows up and plays well within his capabilities, uh, we should have no chance winning or n- n- no issues winning this thing, sorry, uh, is DJ. If, if we get DJ 2020 20, DJ, how he how the golf that he was playing last fall mm-hmm. that is that's huge yeah so and, and it's, it's how quickly we forgot right because that dj was automatic he was so dialed in 
Um, I think he's kind of rested on his laurels a little bit, and that's. Are you telling me that winning fifteen million dollars uh, and, and, and the Masters, Masters is going gonna, home is, to Paulina Gretzky? You telling me that's going to leave you slightly unmotivated? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to go with that, and I, maybe this is a tournament that um, you know Dustin Johnson's okay, vacation's over. You know, I mean, this is a guy who still tore it up all season long. Um, yeah, I, I I can say that, but I think your Morikawa pick. I like you said he. I mean, I really think that he's going to be the guy. I was gonna, he was the guy I was going to pick other than Xander in I, terms it, of he. He would complement a guy like Spieth um, really well, and I think that's what you think about when you're making a pairing, right? You like you love a super consistent player with a guy who can hit the hero shot, and I think that's why Reed and Spieth are two. Such, we're such, such a great team. Such a great team, and well, such and such a great uh, just. Match or I'm sorry, Ryder Cup um, points getters. Yeah, points getters is because they can hit that hero shot. It's incredible, and I know like statistically you can say whatever you want about how their short games stack against everybody else in the in the on the tour, but when you see the same people making these incredible shots over and over and over again, you know that they have that in them, and so that's what you're kind of hoping for is some guy who's out there. Just plodding down the course like a Morikawa or a Shoffley, who you can count on to hit fairways and hit greens and occasionally roll in a putt. You want to pair them with somebody kind of like that. Is like yep. my, what my thinking would be. All right, going to the other side. Who do you think's the top Euro point getter? Um, okay, this is actually going to be very very simple. I'm going to say it's John Rahm. I think that uh, even though struggled he, at the Fortnite, missed the cut at the Fortnite. The Fortnite, he's probably just having a little bit too much wine. But you can tell it. Said he was rumored that he had a stomach virus, and then realistically, I, got, did, I was surprised to see him out there. Did he have COVID again? <laughs> Are we sure? The first man to catch COVID five times. <laughs> <laughs> PGA Tour record of of COVID uh, contractions. Um, I was very surprised to see him out there last week. I thought he would be in Wisconsin. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, uh, I've got. I'm gonna go out on a limb, and I said this a little bit last week. I think Matt Fitzpatrick is gonna kill us. He's a very consistent player. He's a great putter. He's a hot putter. Yeah, and he's sneaky, just like uh, he's got that little British like fucking dry sense of humor and shit talking in him too. You know, like that's just I don't know. You gotta watch it. He's like he's to me. He's Ian Poulter 2.0. You think so? Huh? That, that can hit the ball a little further. Yeah, and then that, and, and then I'm worried about the two vets on here. I'm worried about Sergio, Sergio, and Poulter. Yeah, they See, live for this shit. That's and, and that's they the and they can they, they they their 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 aura just leaks into the rest of these guys that are on this team. I too. totally agree. I totally agree with that. Um, I mean, you look at the American team; they're all young guys. There's no old guys on that team. We got. I mean, we our vets are what DJ. Yeah. Bryson, Brooks, JT. Those are vet guys? Finau. Those are vet guys? So we're talking Sergio Garcia. What is this? This is the first Ryder Cup we without have, Tiger or Phil. And we, like, have, we, have, we have Lee Westwood on the other fucking team, dude. I mean, look at these, look at these guys. These guys yeah. are all older. Paul Casey. Look at this. And the other team is just all guys in their fucking prime. And we're worried about this. That tells you what kind of killers the Euro team has. I mean, Paul Casey is playing 
really he's, I, he, I, he's played great golf in the past three years. Yeah, I'm he's really, completely revitalized his career. I'm not really worried about Lee Westwood. Uh, I think he had a good run there, but I think that's over with. He has an impressive Ryder Cup record. Does he? Uh, let me look it up real well, quick. Well, it's so, I saw, it's I saw, so fast. He's played in like a hundred of yeah, them. Yeah, well, yeah. When His major record sucks, though. Uh, <laughs> I like Lee Westwood. I don't care. I do, too. I'm not, uh, I'm not his Ryder Cup Westwood. record is, uh, let me see here. All right. So, is okay. 2018 and 6. My, that's not, that's, not, that's okay. not that impressive. No, that's no. not that impressive, actually. I thought it was more. I, I, I could have swore Golf Channel was giving me more. I sorry. I'm sorry, guys. That was terrible. Ter- um, bad so, take. So so you got Matt Fitzpatrick as number one point getter. I got John Rahm. And who's your killer team from here? Uh, I mean, if I was pairing the Euros up, I'm putting... Uh, I'm putting together a team of... I'm putting Poulter with either Fitzpatrick or Vicky Hove, um, but I want my I want like my number one killer out there. I, he, Poulter and Fitzpatrick, and then Sergio and Hovland. I like that. So, I think Hovland's so, gonna Hovland's gonna get some points this dude, week too. I swear <laughs> to God, my so my number one team was Sergio and Hovland. My second team is uh, uh, McElroy and Poulter. That was gonna be my, my Ooh, second two. All right, that was gonna be my second two. But I look at guys like I mean, dude, Terrell Hatton's on this team. Tommy Fleetwood, Tommy Fleetwood, I'm not as worried about anymore. But Paul Casey, you know, he's gonna get a, a point or two. Um, Shane Lowry, Shane Lowry. I mean, his game kind of has kind of fallen off a little bit, but he's so consistent in terms of his iron play. Uh, but this course. Favors bump like somebody who it's a, it's a long how, scary how, how, course. How uh, how? But you look at this team and nobody drives the ball. Nobody crushes the ball other than Victor Hovland and, and John Rom. Maybe Fitzpatrick a little bit too. And that course looks tough. Yeah, you can't see the fairways from the tees. Very tough. And it's however like, accuracy probably will reign supreme. I would think. Who knows, dude? Who knows? I'm really pumped for it. I honestly I can't wait for it to start. I wish it started on on Thursday. Like I'm upset that it start tomorrow, but um, yeah. I mean, I'll be watching. I can't wait. We'll definitely recap it. Next you gonna week. make any bets? I mean, we don't I'm, know. We I'm don't know gonna, pairings or anything. Uh, my wife is doing a company pool of some sort, but the, I mean, none of the pairings have been listed yet, so we can't make any bets. I would definitely make some bets. So. Yeah. Maybe maybe we'll just post them on Instagram so people. Well, can it's see all based on the matchups, and it's I'm all matchup based. I don't really want to bet against the U.S. either. So unlike um, Riggs, I mean, come on, man, turncoat on being a turncoat, and yeah. So I I'll probably I probably will make some bets. Um, yeah, we'll post them on Instagram. It's also football season, so Ryan No Hobby Munoz is occupied in his betting. What are you talking about? Uh, hobbies uh, golf. No hobbies, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, my man. Well, we'll be back next week then. We'll, we'll cover... Dude, uh, can't wait to wrap this thing I up. Know. Let's go USA. I know, again, I know we were kind of hard on, on the USA last week. Uh, that comes from a comes from a coach's place of love or where you've been or where you've what you've seen in the past you know 12 years yeah fuck yeah um let's i mean come on guys bring it home on american soil let's go let's let's get let's let's defend it let's defend it let's go
That does it for this episode of the Sandy Pars Podcast. We want to thank you all for joining us. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get your podcast content. Join us next week for a recap of the Ryder Cup results and our second annual Bull Predictions episode going into the historic wraparound season. Lastly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Sandy Pars Golf and visit our website, sandypars.com, for our full library of podcasts and additional golf content like course reviews, reading guides, and more. Special thanks to our producer, Ryan Thiessen, and until next time, hit him straight.